Okay, so Liv is going to be hosting a qualifying event for a few of what they're calling highly lucrative and coveted spots on the Liv Tour. And surprisingly, PGA Tour players are going to be allowed to play. But the question is, will they? We're going to dig into all of this because the truth is, Mike, the devil is definitely in the details here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, interesting. Well, it's just fun. because they're allowed to play, does that mean that they really exactly. will? Exactly. And does that mean whether or not there would be any retribution further down the line if the framework agreement ultimately falls through, which so many people, and we've yep. even here on the podcast speculated, is it's very possibly going to happen. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to it. So first thing I want to do is bring you guys up to speed, because like I said, this has kind of caught a lot of us off guard of what exactly is this qualifying event, why it's needed, and what Liv is doing to structure it. And I think they're even, in a lot of ways, they're kind of dangling a little bit of a carrot here. Mm -hmm. I think to try to, even if it's not, I know PGA Tour is the headline grabber, but even if it's not PGA Tour players who ultimately take advantage of this in play, I think there are some still some attention-grabbing names who might take the bait on sure what on, on who is allowed to play in this so we're going to run through mm -hmm. the entire qualifying and all of the different uh exemptions and levels that you can get into this event and as well as the event structure but first why is there a need for it yeah that's my question why are they struggling like what's going on well the reason is is because they are opening up four spots on live for 2024. Now, one thing, remember, there has not yet been any official announcement of a 2024 schedule that has not been released yet. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I said, this framework agreement looms in the background. So let's just assume there's going to be a 2024 live season. I think we can comfortably assume that. Sure. And this is the reason why they're going to need some spots. So if you go to the Live website, you can see the overall 2023 standings, and they have three of what they call different zones for players. First, you have the lock zone, and in the lock zone, you have the top 24 players from last year. All of these are guys who are absolutely locked in. They have their spots done and set for them yep. in 2024 tour card for, for Live. Live. Yep. They, that is their, if you want to, that's a great <laughs> way to put it, their Live tour card. Then you move into what's called the open zone. So the open zone are the next, you know, standings of 25 to the 44th guy in live according to their performance of last year. And these are guys who are, I think this is the closest way to think of it as like the live bubble. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. These are guys who are either on the, 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 the trading block to possibly be traded to another team or even potentially released from their team. Okay. So now when we say there's four open spots, I think there could even end up being more. Right. I do want to speculate on that though, because I wonder if Liv is tipping their hand by saying that they're going to be, uh, have this qualifying event for four spots while at the same time, you've got guys like Phil Mickelson. And we talked about this here on the podcast saying he's fielding so many calls yeah. from PGA mm. tour and other players who want to join Liv. Right. Well, does this that then tip the hand of saying that that's not really existent? Because when wouldn't the four spots be filled by those guys, yeah. the premier names? Absolutely. Hang on to that okay. one for a second. Put a pin in it. We'll come back and talk about it. But but because they're gonna they're gonna try to go out and get four no namers that we've never heard of. Well, that's what this sounds like. I, mean, I don't I mean, think anybody I mean, wants a no namer. I think what they're I, trying to do is lure in some big names, and I think one of the ways that they're trying to do that 
is with this qualifying event. Right. But if Jim Jones wins the qualifying event, he's a no-name, and he's now on live? But th- yes. <laughs> okay. The answer is yes. Uh, yeah, okay. They still have to win that qualifying event, but we'll gotcha. get into that in a second. Okay. So you have this open zone. Spots 25 through 44. They're either potentially traded, released by their team. They could stay in the same spot. They're not yet off the tour. You know, kick them off the tour. Kick them off the tour. Right? What you have, though, is at the very bottom, you have the drop zone. These are players finishing 45 or below, and they're what they're called relegated out of the league, meaning they've lost their spot. 44 and below. So it's really 45 and below. Is it 45 to 48, or is there a lot more? 45 to 50 are relegated out of the league. Got it. Now, you're saying, Frank, that math doesn't add up. There's, that's more spots. Well, there's two guys in that relegated zone who are still locked in because they're captains, and that's Lee Westwood and Martin Keimer. Yep. Both of them would otherwise have been dropped out of the league. Mm-hmm. However, they're sticking around because they have got contracts. Yeah. And they're, mm-hmm. So a little messy there. They're going admittedly. after big names. They're not going to kick out big names, right? Right, but they do still have a structure. Okay. What I'm saying is it, there's, yes, there's a certain degree of wavering there mm-hmm. that you're letting these guys who technically by points should be dropped off. Yes. But they've got the captainship. Okay. So they're, st- they're there. However, there are still some other names that we're not going to see on live, and it's a bit, in a way, surprising. One of them is, is Chase Kepka. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I will say, if you look at the website, there's a little exempt next to his name. Uh, so I that's that interesting. Yeah. I got to see that flesh out, but all reports that I've heard so far is that chase is going to be out. The other one that I thought was really interesting is James Pyatt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep something in mind here. James was a guy who was one of the surprising names to jump to live because at the time he was one of the most highly regarded amateurs in the country. Here's a guy who was at the top of his college game. He won the U.S. Amateur, and he made the decision to go to live. The question I have, and you guys feel free to weigh in in the comments, is did that decision ultimately pay off for him? He played in two seasons. Now, I will tell you, he ranked in a good amount of money. He made some money. I don't think there's anybody who tees it up at live and doesn't have a big fat bank account after it. Absolutely. That's the reality. Six million he made. Right? Six million over two seasons. Mm -hmm. However, he's now without a job. Think this about this. He was someone, the talks were where he was going to go on the PGA Tour. U.S. amateur winner, top collegiate athlete. And this is where we see the PGA Tour and Liv duking it out between each other for those coveted up-and-coming elite amateur names. Mm -hmm. Right. Pyatt went over to Liv. Agreeably, he made a bag, and you could say it could have took him a while longer on the PGA Tour to make that, although that argument is kind of disintegrating as the PGA Tour purses are increasing. True. But did he take short-term gains and, in effect, kill his future in a lot of ways? Because now... That's my biggest question. What do these guys do? What is he going to do? So we'll talk about it. He will undoubtedly, I've got to think, be one of the guys who will... If he qualifies in, we'll talk about how to qualify. He'll be playing in this live event to try to qualify his way back, back. in. Yeah, right. Geez. And that, you see that on the PGA Tour, guys sure. will will lose their tour card and try to qualify back in in Q schools mm-hmm. and otherwise. But by taking this route, he's really 
as the current agreement stands, he's he's kind of taken away his opportunity to play at the P, on the PGA Tour. Mm. Now you could say that that agreement they could come together, whatever it may be, but just keep that in your mind because I think that that's something important. And I think there's going to be a lot of high level elite amateurs, which I think when we look at some of this qualifying um, conditions. A lot of high-level elite amateurs are going to be the ones who are going to be looked at and going to be kind of weighing that option. What do I do here? Do I go to live and possibly take quicker, bigger money? Yep. Or do I play the longer game PGA Tour? Where am I betting? Where am I betting that the, the future of golf is going to be? Right. Because one could also look at Taylor Gooch. <laughs> a guy who took home $44 million on live last year and and... You know, he's certainly no, uh, not a no-name golfer. Of course, yeah. But he wasn't making that kind of money on the PGA Tour, and you could argue he m- might not have if he had stuck around on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, it was no doubt it was a good move. Even Chase, you mentioned. Chase Kepka made millions in the two seasons, and he exactly. made, I think, 300000 in seven years on the PGA Tour. Right. But my question about this whole qualifying event, I know you're going to give us the details here, but, I mean, like, I got to imagine you're not going to see any big names go to this. Like, you know, because you do win you're not going to go to live. I mean, what's the point of a Scotty Scheffler playing in this event? Well, that's right. the thing. Ultimately, there's a, there's a strong degree of this. It's a headline grabber. Of course. Because at the end of the day, any of the big names, top 50 in the first world golf rankings and up, if they want to go to live, I'm sure there's still a fat contract waiting for them. Sure. A hundred percent. I don't think a guy named like Scotty Scheffler needs to win his way in through a qualifying right. You can just make a phone call. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> However, what I do believe is that there are PGA Tour names who are on the bubble. Mm-hmm. We're talking 150, 200 in the rankings. Guys who are not qualified into every PGA Tour event. Yep. Guys who are not guaranteed to make it into the, the FedEx Cup playoffs by any chance. And might be thinking... Hey, this is an, an, a chance for me. I'm not, I'm not a big enough name to pull a guaranteed signing bonus. But if I can make it on to live, I could probably make more money in two years there than I would in the next two years in the PGA Tour. Right. I also think, and I want to speculate, we're going to talk about this more a little bit later. We're going to speculate of who we think could possibly this be most attracted to, attractive to. But one of them, I think, is Corn Ferry guys. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll talk about why those Corn Ferry guys want to make the possible move over there. But let's talk about the tournament itself and the structure of the tournament. So this is going to be a three-day, four-round tournament. It's going to take place December 8th through the 10th. Four rounds in three days, huh? Four rounds Jeez. in three days. I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. It's, it's a grind, it's but a grind. Q schools yeah, are usually true. grinds, true. right? Abu Dhabi Golf Club. Mm-hmm. Here's a very interesting part, though. And this is where the PGA Tour starts to get involved. It's not technically a live event. It's a live qualifying event. Right. And as we've seen other qualifying events go before usually they don't carry a, a significant purse usually what you're playing for is to win into the sure that's the prize. yep this one's a little bit different though uh, not unlike anything with the live tied to it there's also money involved and there's going to be a total prize purse of 1.5 million dollars not bad not so bad. before we talk more about that structure let's not leave you hanging let's talk about what the pga tour said about this event because i also think there's a possibility that People might see the lucrative purse. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm talking some of the lower level PGA Tour guys and otherwise see that lucrative purse and say, well, there's really no harm 
in me going and playing it. Yep. Exactly. Potentially winning some money. And at the worst case, I've got an opportunity or an option to join <laughs> late, right? Case. Right. Because no, I think I think that is your worst case. Because the other worst, worst case that people could think of is, well, you went over there to play in that. Does that mean that you're not loyal to the PGA Tour? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know, like if you saw a, a good name going over and doing that, like, why is he doing that? Is this guy done with the PGA well, Tour? Well, that's what I'm saying. At least he'll, they'll know that they won't be suspended. But more importantly, just knowing, like, if you're a guy who's keeping your options open, mm-hmm. you could go over there, play in it. If you win it, you take home some money. And at the worst case, like I said, you've got the opportunity to join Live, but doesn't yeah. mean you necessarily have to take it. Seems it. like a no plan. You can wait a little longer. The deadline is looming. Mm-hmm. That that December thirty first deadline is looming, and you could say, "I'm going to take this this uh, potential like opening for Live, and I'm going to sit on it just for a little bit until I find out what the what what the PGA Tour and the Live agree on." Yeah, you could do that. Right. But here's what the PGA Tour had to say. Based on the information publicly available regarding the Live Golf Promotion event, it is determined to be a qualifying event only and not part of an unauthorized series. Therefore, the Live Golf Promotion event is not categorized as an unauthorized tournament. Mm. So one thing I think find very interesting, even in the, I like to kind of read between the lines in the language there. For two groups who have a, framework handshake agreement and are working their ways towards a very intimate partnership Mm -hmm. why use words like the information publicly available it makes me seem like those two they're not even talking right it's not like from what we've our discussions with them that would be a different way to start that quote in our discussions with them it doesn't seem that yeah no we're making a judgment based on publicly available information saying that we're not even speaking. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. If you guys believe that too, let me know in the comments. <laughs> but it goes on to say, though, they, the, the PGA Tour left themselves a backdoor out of it because they said this classification is subject to change should the details of the event change. So they're saying as of right now, this is not a live golf event. This is a standalone individual event. Um that if you were to win it, you'd be able to have the eligibility to move over to Live League, but this is not part of the Live League. So it feels like a bit of a mess, but let's get right back to the actual event structure itself. Okay. Um, because I, I think this is some, there's a lot of interesting uh, caveats to this as well. So as I said, three days, four rounds. You're going to ha- basically have two flights, and all of this is published on Live's website. We'll link to that so you guys can d- dig into it deeper if you want to take a look. But you're going to have two categories of players. You've got category A and category B. Ca- if you're in category B, you're effectively exempt from the first round of this playoff event, of okay. this qualifying event. So you have one less day to grind it out. If you're category A, you're basically bottom of the barrel and you've got to win your way from the first you know day all the way through. But... What I find so interesting, again, look at who they're targeting here. So in category A, you have members of the 2023 Walker and Palmer Cup teams. Hmm. You have the winner and the runner-up of the following most recent amateur events. The U.S. Amateur Championship, the Amateur Championship, the Asia Pacific Amateur Championship, Latin America Amateur Championship, European Amateur Championship, the NCAA Individual Championship, and the Eisenhower Trophy. So 
they live in a lot of ways is is putting this out there and basically saying to these guys who are elite amateur level status and i'm sure undoubtedly weighing their options of where their career mm -hmm. is headed interesting some of those guys might be looking at it and looking at a game's like james uh piat right yeah. looking at a guy like taylor gooch and like opposite sides of the spectrum and right. saying like where do i take my talents mm -hmm. at least for the interim with this it's a non-commitment yeah, you're no, not the second you set first and teed up on the first tee, you're not suspended from the PGA Tour. Right, right. Um, you also have again continue to target elite level amateurs. You have the leading 15 players from within the top 40 uh, world amateur golf rankings. What about the mid am champs? Like that in there? No, the mid am is not in here. And what about NCAA golfers? Yes, NCAA championship individual. Just that one person. Yes, that's yep. what it says. That would be for this. So you know that thing. whoever that is will go and do this, right? It's a no-brainer for them. Yeah. It's a no-brainer for any of these people, well, to be honest with you. is it? Again. But why? Like you said, if you've got nothing to lose, you're not sanctioned, you're not... You may have, you may have nothing to lose right at this moment, but if that PGA Tour deal falls through... You give up the spot. If you're pro PGA Tour. I think that's what, what I would do. I, I totally get it. I think it's a very low risk. However... You and I both know that there are out there, there are sponsors at play. Sure. There are still in very embedded. I remember PXG. Remember PXG did away with their sponsorships for anybody on That's live. right. But I'm thinking about guys with no, like, like a Gordon Sargent. Yeah, what I'm saying is if you're a guy at elite la amateur yeah. level, you haven't yet signed your sponsorship deals. Right. Once you do make that jump over, I'm just saying it's something you to consider. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. Right. But you might be eliminating the possible you talks may. with a couple sponsors who are just so hands off with Liv. I, PXG but, was an example of. But the case in point proven by Pyatt and Chase Kepka was you will make money there, no matter what you do. You teed up on Liv, you made money. Exactly right. So it's so it's, the again, sponsorship it might comes be back to if you're in a, this is why I think they're trying to draw the elite amateurs in. If you're looking at, it, you're saying which one do I do? If I make it on Liv, it's more guaranteed faster money than the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour, though, might be the, the long game, the better career play yeah. if Liv is dissolved. Right. What if the framework agreement comes in? It's a tough and, yeah. you know, It's a tough one. It's a def definitely it's like, What gamble. do you do as like, a parent of one of those? Like, imagine like NCAA, that kid. You're sitting down having that conversation. Be like, you know, son, you make $10 million in the next two years at Liv. Maybe. Let's put it this way. The conversation has become much more difficult in the recent <laughs> years because of this. So wow. getting through that, that, round, that yeah. category A, you also have, there's, there's the leading 25 players from the top 40 of the international series rankings. Mm -hmm. You've got the leading three uh, available players from the top five of each of the uh, following professional tours. J uh, Japan Golf Tour, KPJ, BGA, Korean Tour, Sunshine Tour, PGA Tour. It just it kind of goes on. So there's like all of the other tours. Uh, you're, anybody inside your, your top three. Um, leading three available players from inside the top five. So top fives from all those other tours have availability. That's your, that's your first day. Those are the guys that, that are going to tee it up, right? The way the event is structured, and I'm just checking. I want to make sure I've got the, the facts right on this. So the way the event is structured, you have the, the, the first day, the top 20 who finished from that first round, from that category A, will advance to Saturday's round two. Mm -hmm. Here, the scores are reset. There's no carryover. So we've got okay. our category A. They play. Top 20 moves on. They meet category B. They play 18 holes. 
stroke play, reset playing field. Got it. Okay. The top 20 players following round two will advance to the final day of competition where they're going to reset once again and play a grueling 36-hole uh, yeah, slugfest. That's slug awesome. Fest, That's great. Top 20 guys. Well, it sounds exciting. It does sound <laughs> exciting. So quickly <laughs> running Televised, through. you think? What's that? Televised, you think? I think it's, it's got, I would imagine, but but who's going to carry it? Well, it's not a live event. Right. It could be just a That's golf thing. channel special. It, you know, it, never know. Being not a live event, how does that weigh into right, it? There could be a lot. But category B, here's where they're eyeing a little bit. This is where guys would be exempt from the first round. A little bit of the more premier players. So you have the uh, the top two players in the in the world amateur golf rankings. You got players ranked two through eight in the final international series rankings. You've got leading five available players from within the top thirty of the final DP World Tour and Corn Ferry, hmm. right? Um, winners of PGA Tour and DP World Tour sanctioned tournaments in 2022 and 2023 so any winner on tour so if you won on tour in the dp or the pga tour of the last two years you're qualified to go and play this thing interesting right yeah. so now you think about again your guys who are uh, end of career or won or, one tournament you know had a breakout tournament but are, are are really kind of on the bubble of whether they're keeping their tour card mm -hmm. and stuff like that that's where i do think you might see some pga tour names joining this but then, of course, they swing for the fences, live a little bit here. Uh-oh. Ryder Cup and President's Cup participants from 2019 through 2023. <laughs> Winners of any major championships from 2019 to 2023. Yeah, might as well swing for the fences. Just like, throw 2019 in there. Get Tiger. You know yeah, what I mean? Right? Like, of course. <laughs> yeah. right. Um, the leading 15 players available from the top 150 in the Universal Golf Rankings. Um, players relegated or without a contract for the following season from the final of the live standings. So there's where you're going to get Chase Kepka mm -hmm. and James, right? Yep. These are the guys who relegated out. They'll skip the first round. They'll start playing in the, in the second round, but they still need one of those coveted top four spots. Got it. Right? Yep. Then there's one other little thing that lived through in there that I found really interesting. The very bottom, they said, event invitations as determined by the Live Golf League. Live has its own sponsorship exemption. <laughs> they could just invite anyone. Right, effectively, yes. Yeah. So, who will that be? Who knows? I mean, they could they could throw a couple names out there of, of guys who are and come from anywhere in the golf world. Anywhere, realistically, there's so many great golfers, talented people out there. I'm sure they got they got a plan for that. There's so many. So, a, a couple things. You know, first you have this this in general. It sounds a little bit. It's it's a little bit of a mess, right? As I indicated earlier. It just seems like the PGA Tour was a little bit caught off guard by this. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, it seems like the PGA Tour um, is not directly in conversation with Liv, which seems so crazy at this moment, only two, three weeks away from the, the looming deadline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that kind of interests me. And it feeds into this idea that we've had of guys like recently, we had Xander Schauffele mm -hmm. uh, and some others like... I don't want to go so far as to say calling for Jay Monahan's uh, resignation, right? But dropping some hints. So recently, it, it was Softly had an interview with today's golfer, and he said, "I wouldn't mind seeing some new leadership take place on our circuit." Wow, I mean that's as direct as yeah. you can say it without saying it, mm -hmm. right? He said, "I'd be lying if I said that I have a whole lot of trust after what happened." 
That's definitely the consensus that I get when I talk to a lot of guys. It's a bit contradictory when they call it our tour and things can happen without us even knowing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, again, it leads to me a lot of like this confusion and what's going on and stuff like that. And, and we could do it on an entire other episode on whether we speculate, whether this mean Jay would be on the chopping block. Cause it, you can definitely tell <coughs> if you read between the lines, it seems like the hardest part of getting this agreement all ironed out is that players board, which they recently brought tiger onto, I think to help mm -hmm. to try to smooth things out. But you had Davis love coming out and saying, I don't see any way we meet this deadline. I think the players are still very much taken aback by yeah, this, right. but Let's take a break right here. Let's do a quick word from our sponsors. And I want to come back and I want to really speculate. How much of this is headline grabbing? How much of this is going to be an event versus a non-event? And who do we really think we could possibly see playing in this live qualifying event? Okay. So we'll be back in a minute. All right. So to be your best today, you have to outperform the player you were yesterday. For some, it might be breaking 80. For others, it might be breaking the course record. And for all of us, it's playing a golf ball we know will help us get the most out of our game. So the Titleist Pro V1 and Pro V1X offer advanced technology and performance that rewards your best swings and helps you shoot lower scores. In both models, they're exceptionally long. They deliver that consistent flight and feature unrivaled control. The Pro V1, it's the best combination of distance, spin, and feel in the game, and it delivers that penetrating ball flight. The Pro V1X flies higher and spins more in the short game, but still gives you that lower spin on longer shots, which is going to help you maximize distance. So find out more about the Titleist Pro V1 and Pro V1X, including which is the best choice for you at Titleist.com. All right, time to conquer the cold with FootJoy's Thermo Series. It's the most advanced layering system in golf. Thermo Series offers a range of distinct layering pieces for different conditions designed to be all worn together, and that's what I love about it. It also allows you to effortlessly adapt as weather conditions evolve. This is technically advanced gear, which keeps you warm, keeps you comfortable, and it allows that full range of motion while you're all bundled up out there. So check out the whole lineup for yourself, especially this time of year. This is the time to be stocking up. Go to footjoy.com, check out Thermo Series. As the day evolves, you can evolve with it. All right, guys, you've heard us talk about Ripstick. It's golf's ultimate training aid. It's got eight different weight combinations all in one stick. We've been doing this swing speed training with Ripstick. We did it last month. It's pretty interesting. We did a 30-day challenge of their level one training. Let me tell you something, guys. The results, they're going to shock you. We were shocked yeah. over what we gained over just 12 sessions. So that video is going to come out on our main channel. But here's what we love about it. I, I mean, three times a week, 15 minutes per session. Come on. I mean, it's 45 minutes a week to unlock incredible speed. And even better, with your purchase of a ripstick, Dr. Luc Benoit, the founder of the company, is going to provide a swing analysis Free. I mean, that's free $90 value. So take them up on it. The idea behind this is to help you not only hit the ball further, but straighter. So use code GOLFICITY for 20% off site-wide. Buy a stick for yourself and one for another golfer this holiday season. You will not be disappointed. All right. And listen, if you're gearing up for winter and you're getting ready to try, hopefully play some indoor golf, you guys got to check out Rapsodo. They've got this, what we call their bundles. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got all types of SIM enclosures. So we, of course, we think of Rapsodo and we talk about Rapsodo as a launch monitor. And maybe some of you already have the launch monitor and now are looking to build out your SIM. That's what we love about these SIM bundles so much is that whether you're starting completely from scratch or you already have your MLM2 Pro, you can build out 
out a home golf simulator in just a couple of clicks. You go on their website, you basically select the size of your enclosure, you select some of your different options, but gone are the days where you had to go and spec it out from multiple different locations and just kind of hope everything works together. This is a one and done easy solution. You pick something that fits in your, your space, you get it all from Rapsodo, it shows up and you can put it together yourself and you have a simulator and you're playing golf indoors in just a matter of hours. Plus, the best part about it is they've got a great deal going right now. You can get 10% off sim enclosures on the entire website through December 12th. So during that time period, you also get a dozen of the RPT golf balls, uh, which is you know included in that as well, which is important because those are what you're going to use to get the most accuracy out of your sim. So uh, again, just incredible amount of options. There are a variety of prices. You'd be surprised at how inexpensively you can get into having a golf simulator in your home uh, and all different fits for different sizes. So go and check it out. Go to the Rapsodo website, look at those sim uh, enclosures, get something set up, and you're going to be swinging all winter. All right. So the question that we have now is who do we really think is going to take advantage of this tournament? I think starting with the top level, the, the most shoe-in of definitely doing it are going to be the guys who have been relegated out. Like we said, the guys mm -hmm. who've lost their spot on live. They don't have a job anywhere else. Right. True. Right. I mean, these are the guys who are going to have their most backs against the wall that they're going to have to, to play for those spots. Yep. I also think with the, uh, with the way that the, that live is working more hand in hand with some of the other lower level or however you want to call them tours. Um, you have your, what do you call it? You have your international, events and things like that. I think a lot of guys are going to be coming over from that and playing if for no re other reason that it helps them qualify in to continue to do that. But the question I have is those guys who are have to have a little bit of a reckoning in mm -hmm. a lot of ways, either being already on the PGA tour and thinking about making the jump, right? Or are in some manner on the cusp of the PGA tour. And what I mean by that is either corn fairy guys or elite amateurs. What do you see guys like that doing? I mean, I mean, I'd say give it a shot, especially if you're in that position. I mean, if you're on that daily grind on the corn ferry or, you know, I mean, it's hard. We all know how hard it is to make the PGA tour. So there's this golden goose kind of this carrot being dangled to go over there and try this. You're not going to be sanctioned. You're not going to be in trouble by the PGA tour. I think it makes sense. I mean, Pyatt and, and Chase, do they even qualify? Yeah, remember that was one of the qualifications. If you were just somebody who's just recently relegated. just relegated, you are automatically qualified. Got it. I didn't think they fit under any of the things, but um, yeah, I mean, I got to think you're right. That's it. You're not going to see the premier names because, like you said, they could just make a phone call if they want to go to live. I'm sure. So it's going to be these guys. I think at their end of their career or early on in their career, where they know they have really no shot, no financial means to make it, and but they know they're good. Yeah, and and think about this, like. We've talked about it before. It is a grind on the Corn Ferry Tour and some yeah. of the others. Like it's expensive to travel around, things like that. For those guys who are maybe maybe longer shots at making on the PG Tour, the, making it onto Live would be a game changer. In that, Live is structured differently. Like they they move these guys around. They pay for a lot of their travel, their right. lodging. That's not something you're getting on the Corn Ferry Tour. But like I said, I. Part of this is, you know, there's, of course, there's the prize money we talked about, but you also have, uh, it's written here on Liv's uh, website, players finishing 4th to 10th will receive full exemption for all 2024 events on the International Series on the Asian Tour. Okay. So Not bad at all. I think where the bulk of the field is going to be made up 
is going to be those guys. Yes. Those guys coming from the uh, the International Series, the Asian Tour. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, this is their Q school. Yep. If, if, even if they don't make it on live, like they're earning their, their status on those tours. Right. I think that's what you're going to see. I, I do believe that live throwing in there that invite to PGA Tour winners in a lot of ways was an attention grabber. It's a headline grabber. Mm-hmm. And it's also taking a shot in the dark yeah that one of these guys might pop in there and play but ultimately you guys tell us what you think who do you think we'll see if anybody uh you know being out there and playing it but i think one of the biggest tellers for me was that the way that was worded with the pga tour saying that effectively the way it's currently structured and based on you know that information that it's allowable it just tells me that there's there's still some mess going there on. There is still that something needs to be cleaned up. Right. Yep. You're in right. a lot of ways. I'm curious to see how this event pans out. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Listen, we'll ha- what we'll have to do is tune in and just see. It's just, like I said, December eighth through tenth, Abu Dhabi Golf Club. I know we'll be watching closely, and I'll be really interested to find out which of those elite amateurs, Corn Ferry guys, you know, PGA Tour guys who are just kind of on that fence, which ones of those guys ultimately take the gamble. And do it. And ultimately, too, come back to like how much of a really gamble is it? If the two tours are truly going to come together and you believe that, it's not that big of a gamble. Right. But let us know what you think. But that is the truth. That is the details of everything behind this Live Golf qualifying again and how it relates to the PGA Tour. Let us know what you think in the comments.